are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Well, I want you to turn to John chapter 21. Here, and I'm going to read verse 18. If you'll notice, verse 18 of John 21. And verse 18. Verily, verily, I say unto thee. Now, Jesus is talking to him here. When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth, uh, thou shalt stretch forth thine hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Notice verse 19. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Boy, that's a good sermon right there. Our kids saying, my Lord knows the way through the wilderness, all I have to do is follow him. And I think it'd be good for us adults too. Now here Jesus said, Peter, that when you was young, he said you, you went where you, were, where you wanted to. But now he said the time has come when you won't. But said another's going to gird thee and take you where you don't want to go. This signifying the death that you must die for me. You know, this idea that Christianity is popular to the world is not the Bible. Not the Bible. The more I read, uh, my friend, our life is full of trials and tribulations. Somebody said, and I'm not trying to get you under the juniper tree, I'm trying to get you out. But, but somebody said you're either going into a battle or you just got out of a battle. That's right. Going in or you just got out. One or the other, or you're in one now. I people, I guess because I've been where I am for a long time, I have a lot of calls from preachers. Brother Bobby, do you know? And I've had several of them say, do you know of a good church that's wanting to do something? <laughs> and I'm not smart, but I, I say, sir, I don't know a good church. <laughs> I don't know a church that wants to do something. But I know you and I as pastors under the leadership of the Holy Spirit or to try to stir up to get them to want to do something. They're human. They don't want to do anything. No. So if you're here and you're looking for a good church, forget it. Forget it. I mean, they all got wonderful people in it, but that's not the thing. Now, he said, you're going to have to die for me, Peter. But what I want you to do is follow. Now, let's read a few more verses. Verse 20, Then Peter turned about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper. And said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry, till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, he shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? This is a disciple which testifies of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, <clears throat> the which, if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Now, if you'll notice here with me, and I'm going to get going here in just a minute, but if you notice here, <clears throat> Jesus told Peter, 
Now, Peter, I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me. And he said, what about John over here? And Jesus said, it's none of your business. That's about what he said, none of your business. Now, sometimes people would say this, Brother Bobby, I've been doing this for so many years, I I think it's time for somebody else. I think, you know, what about how come so-and-so don't? Folks, we got to do what we supposed to do to have victory. That's it, you see. Uh, I I know some fellows my age uh, is not pastoring church. Does that mean I'm supposed to not pastor? No. Does that mean that they done wrong? No. God's got a will for my life, and he's got a will for your life. And what I need to do is to make sure that I'm following him. Yep. Once in a while, somebody will say this to me. Brother Bobby, you can wear yourself out, and that church won't appreciate it. I've heard that said so many times. Yeah. If I am pastor, or you're pastor, just to get the church to appreciate you, yeah. you've already got your reward. Yeah. What did Paul say in Philippians? He said, for me to live is Christ. Yeah, man. Not that somebody would pat me on the back, but that I might... Please him. You remember how he talked about uh, uh, forgetting those things are behind and reaching forth to those things. We need, my friend, to keep our eyes upon Jesus and just to follow him. Now, it's a lot of verses he could add to this. But I, I, I got me a title for my message yesterday on a plane. How to continue our walk with the Lord. How to continue our life. Now, now I've been, you know, I've been pastoring quite a few years. And I've seen people who never miss visitation. I've seen deacons. I've seen Sunday school teachers. And they're out and gone now. And you have too. And your heart gets broken. And it could be you and I, but the mercy and grace of God. Now I want to give you five things God laid on my heart that are very, very simple. I want to say, number one, we must learn to die to self every day. Now you remember that. If we don't die to self, surely somebody's going to hurt our feelings. And, and, and we're going to get bitter and critical. We must die to ourselves. You know, Paul said, and Paul was a man that learned that. You remember what he said in, in Romans 12, 1, 2? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable. And he said it's your only reasonable service when you do. Don't be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. You remember what old Paul said to the uh, uh, church at Galatia? He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I'm alive, you see. But it's not really my life, it's his. Yep. You see. This life that I have now, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm just saying this morning, this thing of dying to self. I was thinking about another verse of scripture in Luke 9 23 and 24. Jesus said, if any man come after me, what does he got to do? Deny himself. And then take up his cross. What's a cross for? It's to die on. And take up his cross daily. You remember that word in there? Daily. Take it up daily. And then he goes on to that next verse, and he says, if we lose our life, we'll have life. But if we're going to keep our life, we're not going to 
deny ourselves, then we'll not know what real abundant life is. Listen, let's face the fact. I feel like I'm talking to a bunch of preachers and pastors and young men, and I don't know much, but but I've seen a lot of things happen through the years. And right now, this church here, our church, we don't have 6,000 in Sunday school. We never have. But we've got 6,000 members. And you're looking, I hate to admit it, but it's true. You're looking at the one I have the most trouble with. Right here is me. You see, you get uh, things thrown at and, and talked about and all of that. But it's the condition I'm in will make a difference on what kind of attitude I have when that happens. That's what I'm trying to say. So we must die. We must die to sin. One day I was riding along and I had a message by Dr. Tom Malone. Most of you know who I'm talking about. What a man of God. We had him so many times at Gospel Light. And it was a message that somebody gave me and I just listened to him in the car. And he got to talking about this thing of dying to self, being in the will of God. And this is what he said. I, I put it down here. He said one day A.W. Tozer was in a meeting somewhere, and Dr. Malone said, I was just a young preacher. And he said, I went in a restaurant where he was eating, where the, the folks were eating. And I walked over, and I said, Dr. Tozer, I, I'm a young preacher. And could you give me some advice on some things that will help me? And he went on to tell, I don't remember what they all, keep your sins confessing on down the line. And he said, and die daily. Dr. Tom said, I asked him, said, what do you mean, you know, by that? And he said, Brother Tozer said, I believe it can help you. He said, the other day I was standing out at the edge of a cemetery, and a young man asked me the same question you, you did. And said, I asked him, said, do you know anybody buried there? And he said, that fellow looked and said, I know, I remember that fellow there. He's the meanest man in this town. Had a stone up, you know, with his name. And he went on to tell how mean, the awful things he'd done. Dr. Tozer's telling Dr. Malone this now. And Tom Malone's a young man. And Tozer's an old fellow. He said, uh, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to walk out there to that tombstone and tell that man all about them bad things you told me about him. Said, oh boy, looked at him and said, go on. He said, hey, he said he walked out there to that grave, and he said, fellow, I remember when you was alive, and you was the meanest man in this town. You drank, you done this, you run around on your wife, you one of the meanest, one of the meanest men I've ever seen. And then he turned and come back, and he said, did you tell him? He said, yeah. He said, what did you say? He said, he didn't say nothing. <laughs> I get this point. And then he said, can you think of one good thing about the man? said, this young preacher stood there. I think of a couple. He, was, he said, I want you to make another, one more trip. I want you to go out there and stand in the stone and tell him about them good things. He said, that old boy went out there and talking. And he said, he said I remember when you were so, and all, and I know that, but he said, there's a couple things that was good about you. And he began to tell him what was good about him. And he got through and he come back. And Dr. Stolzer said, did you tell him? What he, and he said, yeah. He said, what did you say? He said, he hadn't said nothing yet. Dr. Tozer said, that's what I'm talking about. He said, when you're persecuted, you're dead. Amen. But he said, when they brag on you, you're still dead. Amen. When they brag on you, you're still dead. 
Let me tell you, folks, let's don't get this little ego problem. No, no. You know, you go somewhere, there, there's once in a while some guy thinks I'm a great preacher. Once in a while, if he's never heard nobody else. And he'll say, I'll tell you this fellow right, he's one of the greatest preachers. And if you're not careful, when you walk off, let folks say that two or three times. And then you, the devil, put in your mind and say, well, you know, no, you're not good. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And he said here, I have worked, or that is, more than all of them, yet abundantly, yet it's not I, but it's a grace of God in me. Now listen to me, I'm saying young men, if you could see, if you could see a church like North Valley, if God gives you a ministry for millions and thousands and all of that, and they hear your name all over America, you're dead. Because if there's any good thing you didn't do it, God done it. And the more you and I enjoy and see the hand of God, it ought to drive us to our knees more. Well, when I walk around gospel like that, this church, I've had some hallelujah times. God's given me an unusual ministry. I was born two miles. If you go through a little patch of wood, I was born two miles from there. And, and, and I remember when it started, I'm his second pastor. And my church, my home church is just three miles away. And I remember somebody coming over there about three miles up the road and starting to uh, put a little gospel tent up. 1949, it was organized. And I, I, I just stayed busy and I didn't go. And then later I heard they're starting a church called Gospel Light Baptist Church. And I still didn't go. And then I heard, it's a fellow that gave him a little three-fourths of an acre of land that built a little block building on it. Yeah. And, and, and I always loved to hear Dr. Harold Seidler preach. And they had him over there in Mays Jackson. And that fellow had him, so I slipped over to some of the meetings and met the pastor during that time. And he was there for seven years and had a good ministry and felt like God wanted to go in evangelism. And he went in evangelism, and they gave me a call. And, 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 I, and I look there around there now. Brother Trevor, all them buildings. And all the stuff around there. And their missionaries. And you name it. And that makes me want to crawl. God reminds me, you're that little old country boy that plowed a mule two miles from here. And brother, I realize if you take Jesus away from you or me, either one, we're the same old rotten sinner. And I'm just saying this morning, we don't need to be built up. Bless God, we need to realize that it all belongs to Him. And no flesh will ever glory in His presence. Don't you go to try. fellow told me years ago, he pastored in Georgia. He said, Brother Bobby, you watch me. He said, I'm going to build a church uh, larger than the First Baptist in, in Hammond. You watch me. I've watched him. He's been out of the ministry for years. The church is not there anymore. Brother, when me and you get built up and thinking we're doing something, we are in bad shape. Amen. And I want you to know that you and I, everything we do, in our flesh is not worth a dime, but when he does it, that's everything. Amen. And I'm saying this morning, young preachers, don't get on this ego problem. I'm going to build, you know, listen, God hasn't promised to bless success. He's promised to bless faithfulness. 
Every church is not going to grow like the North Valley or the Gospel Light Baptist Church. But that don't mean that you're not important. I was in a church the other day, fellow trying to compromise. Oh, I've been wanting you to preach to me. Brother Bobby, I didn't really know him. And he had 20 in Sunday school. And he said, I know a fellow. I said, listen, fellow, get off that junk. Get off that stuff. I said, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I ought to go to hell, but God saved me. And by the way, this month I've been trying to preach 49, 59 years. I was saved two years and finally surrendered a call to preach. And I said to that young man, I said, son, you be faithful. If you get a hundred in Sunday school, give God the glory. If it's 10,000, give God the glory. I said, you're dead and you're nothing. And if anything's done, it's God and it's not you. Brother, we've, we've got a, we, we've got, uh, some like you, we've motivated and grabbed this fellow and put him up here. Listen, I understand that you can get your doctor's degree for $35, $40. Somebody asked me, uh, preacher, uh, you know what, doctor, doctor, I said, that's all right, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. If it'd help a man, I got four of them, but it's just like a curl on a pig's tail is no more ham. So don't get started away with it. You know what I'm trying to say? Don't get ego problems, folks. And we that's why we need to die to self. We need to die to tragedies. They'll come in your life. And we need to die to those tragedies. Dear elderly man told me this years ago in Kansas where they have uh, those big wheat fields. And this fellow here, uh, he was a Christian. He would got saved. And he had a hundred... 100 acre wheat field and I don't remember this man's older than me and he said one year the grasshoppers came and just riddled millions of grasshoppers and ruined the wheat in, in, uh, out in that land and he was telling me about this old gentleman that was saved and he went down to the little jot him down store and a fellow walked in and said your acres that's yours out there yeah and they tell me you're a Christian he said yes sir and he said, what kind of God do you have that will let the grasshoppers uh, ruin that hundred acres of wheat? He said, Father, you got that all wrong. That belongs to God. And if he wants to feed his wheat to the grasshoppers, that's his business, it's not mine. That's what I'm saying for. We'll get all uptight and worried and, and everything else, but bless God, God's running this business. That's what I'm trying to say. We need to die to the die to tragedies, my friend. Die to criticism. I know we'll forget Dr. Lee Robertson uh, in the old auditorium, Holland Park Baptist Church. My boy Steve was there from 68 to 72. And so I attended about every conference I could. But anyway, doctors preached for us several times at Gospel Light. He told this story, I believe, twice at Gospel Light. He said, you know, if you'd ever been there, it had a, it had a balcony down the side. It's always full. Dr. Robertson service one Sunday. He said he, uh, uh, when he got through and everything, he baptized some people. And he said, I always go out the alley and down the alley behind and parked over there. And he said, I got over and there was one of my members, a lady standing there. And said, uh, he said, how are you today? She said, not good. Doc says, well, what's the matter? And she said, you mean you don't know it? And he said, No. What is it? Dr. Robertson, for 22 years, I sat to your left. Do you remember? Oh, me? He said, yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I went up there this morning and said there was a man sitting there, and I told him I always sat there, and he said, you won't today. 
Now, this actually happened. And you know, we're just about that same way. And that woman had left the service and was trying to catch the pastor to tell him about it. You know what Dr. Robertson said? Have you ever heard me preach on dying to self? <laughs> he said, ma'am, how long has it been since you died? And he talked with her a little bit and went on. Dr. Robertson said on Sunday night, he said, I'm sitting on the platform. And he said, the choir is singing. And I'm, you know, no pastor ever enjoys anybody leaving, you know, man. And he said, I, I was sitting there and I looked upstairs and I didn't see her. And I went all the way around and I didn't see her. And I started back to my left. She was over here downstairs. But he said, when I got around, she done that away at me. He said, she died. I never had no more trouble. I'm just saying, friend, we got to die to self. And let me tell you this. If we'll die to self, I believe we can sometime be like old Paul and Silas there in the jail. We ought to witness now. But I believe if we're dead to self, somebody's going to see the Lord in us. You ever thought about why when the Lord sent that earthquake, there was other prisoners there. How come them coming to, to Paul and Silas? There's something about those fellows was different. Dr. Joe Henry Hankins, few of you know him, but the Raymond knowed him. What a spirit-filled man. I heard him say one day he was in Alabama in revival, and he said that after church, the church was there in town. He and his wife and the pastor went down in a little old restaurant to get a bite to eat. And he said, there's a couple of ladies sitting there. And they watched him. And he said, I noticed when we sit down back there, one of them especially just didn't take her eyes off of us. And old Dr. Hankins said, I want Christ to be seen in me. And he said, that woman got up and walked back to him and said, Mr., you're a Christian, aren't you? And he said, well, yes, ma'am, I Guess she was in our service tonight up here. And, and she said, no, 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 about that. This was back before the interstate days. Said, that's my sister up there. And we got a sister who lives in Florida. We live up north. And we was on our way to see our sister. And we stopped here. It's in Alabama. And we stopped here to get us a bite to eat. And, mister, I, I, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I, I can't explain it. But, but some, something about your walk made me think of my Savior. Amen. Old Dr. Joe Henry Hankins, old weeping preacher. He said, I bowed my head, began to cry. And said, that's been my prayer, that somebody would see Jesus in me. Amen. I'm going to say this. I got to hurry here. I got four more points. I'll just give them to you in a minute. But a few years ago in Winston-Salem, a fellow Paul Myers Barbecue. He's not a member of our church. He's with the Lord now. But he was Woodland Baptist about 10 miles from me. Paul was a good friend of mine. Run this restaurant. One afternoon, about three or four more couples, and my wife and I went there to eat our evening meal. And Paul was in the kitchen. He come out so glad to see us. We was all sitting together. And the waitress came and waited on us. And uh, for some reason, she missed my wife's meal. And when she brought the food back, Jackie, my wife, didn't have anything. And uh, I said, I believe you've missed my wife's meal. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. And, 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 and I said, and she just kept pausing. I said, well, man, I'm sorry. 
Now, now I'm not batting myself on the back, but maybe think. I was nice that time. Let me tell you what I'm trying to say. I said, don't get upset. I said, that's all right. And I called my wife, Mama, about half time. I said, Mama, what was it you ordered? And I told him, well, Paul Myers is a good, was a good saved man. We were eating, and in a few minutes, he steps out of the kitchen and walks out and says, Brother Bobby, thank you for witnessing to my waitress. Well, I said, Paul, I haven't even given her a track. Oh, yeah, you witnessed to her. And I said, no, really, I haven't. He said, yes, you did. He said, I've been trying to win it. That woman's not saved. So I've been trying to win her to the Lord for two years. said, she come back in the kitchen and said, Mr. Myers, didn't you say that man was one of your preacher friends? And he told her, yeah. And she said, you know, it's a lot of preachers eating here, and I've messed up on their meals, and some of them's awful. But he don't act like them. And he's out telling me thank you. And ever since then, I've said, God help me to die to myself. I mean, when something happens to your car preacher and you go down there, you're not some special thing to get it fixed. If they don't do it just right, die to self. That's what I'm talking about. I can't say enough about that. But we need, we must die to self. Then let me give you my other thing. Here's something else I put down. We must learn to resist Satan. He's our enemy. You know, the Bible said in, in 2 Corinthians 11, he, he transformed himself into an angel of light. And then you remember over in 1 Peter 5, he's as a roaring lion. He comes as a roaring lion, sometimes then as a little angel of light. And you and I must resist him. And James, listen, James 4, 7 says this, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Now, I'm no match and you're not for the devil. I like what the little old boy said and he got saved. And he had temptation. He said, Jesus, the devil's knocking on my door, and I'm scared of him. Will you answer it? He can take care of him. But let me tell you, Satan is out to defeat. Let me just use this illustration, resisting, resisting the devil. The devil will make you feel like that you've got the hardest place in the world. Uh, I'm thinking of this. Brother Trevor, if you're like me and you do, you have so many things on your mind, I'm going to shake hands. And I've caught myself later, maybe it's missing one fellow, I just, you see a visitor in our church, we have a good time of shaking hands, and I see some visitor, but I can't miss all these members to get to that, and I don't have a lot of time, but I'll shake hands with them, you know, and later I thought, man, I missed that guy right there, and didn't even shake hands. Well, you know what the devil can do? The devil can say, yeah, that's what I thought. You see, the preacher shook hands with them, didn't shake hands with me. He'll put all kinds of stuff in our mind. He should, and listen, he'll do the same us preachers to another preacher. Right, right. I mean, we need to grow up. I've never seen a beat of us independent Baptists, and I'm so independent. Oh, uh, Oliver Green preached revival for me back in 1966. He said some of us are so independent that the termites in our building won't have to do the termites in another one. <laughs> and I'm just about against anything you name. But honest to God, if we independent Baptists, we, we need to grow up and realize it's Satan is our enemy. We're not one another's enemy. Have you ever took a, a, the wrong attitude about something and then you think later, wasn't that stupid of me? Yeah, yeah. I, this is not Tom Malone's sermon, but it'd be all right. I won't tell you what he told us one time in church. He, <laughs> some of you have heard it tell it, but you need to hear it again. Listen. Dr. Malone said I was, you know, he pastored Emanuel Baptist Church in Pontiac, Michigan for years, you know. Went to heaven. I had, I went to his funeral. I didn't have a part, but I went to his funeral a few years ago. Anyway, let me say quickly. 
He, uh, he said one night, that deep voice, he said, I was coming in from a meeting, driving a long ways, two o'clock in the morning, and said, the thoughts hit me, nobody appreciates you. Look, everybody else going to bed two o'clock in the morning, and you are wearing yourself out, and nobody appreciates it. Man, he said, I got in awful shape. <laughs> Doc Malone said, I like it. Who's making me feel like it? That's the devil. This is what he said. He said about 2.30 in the morning, I just pulled my little old Pontiac off the side of the road. And I got out and went around. Brother Jack went out and opened the passenger door. And I said, devil, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. You rode with me long enough. Yeah. And then he said, I got back in my old Pontiac. And I went down the road singing amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Then I began to thank God that I had the strength to drive all night. And God opened up a door for me to preach. And I had a hallelujah spell when the devil got out of it. And buddy, we got to resist Satan. And I got a lot of things, but I can't say much about that. I'll tell you about it later. Oh, Bobby Grubbs. Let me, let me tell you about Bobby Grubbs. Most of you people don't. Bobby weighed about 400, 450. He used to preach for me. Oh, he was a preaching man. He'd been dead for several years. I heard him on tape two years ago. Old Bobby said, you know, in Holland, they have lily festivals. Uh, I understand in Holland, they, they, they raise acres and acres of lilies and have a festival. And he told this story in his message. I got a blessing here on tape. I was riding down the road. Old Bobby said, you know, uh, said deer season. He said those deer, those people hunting the deers, he, he said they ride, of course, dogs. Dogs are trying to get the deer, and they're riding horses. But he said when they get after a deer, he said if that old deer can make it right out in the middle of a lily field, he said that old dog come up that lily field, and he'll stand there. He don't know where to go. Them lilies smells so good, he's lost the scent of the deer. And that old deer is laying out there. Old Bobby said, when the devil gets after you, run out, out in, the, in the Lord's lily field and lay down and said, he'll go crazy trying to find you. Amen. Oh, let me tell you how we need to stick close to Jesus. And then let me say my third thing. Resist Satan, die to sin, and keep in contact with Jesus every day. Every day, keep in contact with him. We ought to have a time to pray. If we don't, we'll end up not praying. Now, how do we stay in contact? I stay in contact with him by prayer, and he stays in contact with me by the word of God. Jim Vineyard said to me years ago one day, he said, Brother Bobby, you ever find yourself every time you open your Bible, you're looking for a sermon? I said, I guess I do. And he said, he said, I have two. And, and he went on and he said, I, I, I made a resolution. I'm going to quit looking for a sermon. Old Jim needs to look for something himself. And he went on. He told me how many, how many chapters he read every day in the Bible. And I'm glad he didn't ask me because I didn't, I didn't know. You know, I read a little every day, if nothing else. Uh, and then one Saturday night, I was wondering what I was going to preach on Sunday. But, but you know, I'm, I, I didn't ever tell him, and I don't know as he knows it today. But anyway, I, I made a shot. I was going to read me 10 chapters a day for myself. And boy, I, I was going, I was about the middle age, you know, and they talk about these poor ladies going through the change of life. Well, men do too. I got so depressed, but long about that time when I got in the Word, God had a nugget there for me. And bless God, that's what's it. Man can't live with bread alone, but every word it comes forth. And let me say, stay in contact with Jesus every day. 
Every day. Every day. Stay in contact with him. I wrote down something. I got to tell you this. If I take a little of his time, then you, you can take somebody else's time, then y'all won't have to eat lunch so late. Come out and stay in contact with Jesus. Years ago, I was visiting the Highland Park Baptist Church on some occasion, I don't know, that's many conferences there, and Dr. Jack Hiles was preaching. Now, most of you have heard of Charles Weigel. Charles Weigel wrote the song, No One Ever Cared for Me Like Jesus. And then he lived to be 95 or 6 years old, and, and, and he had no living relatives, and Dr. Robertson gave him a place to live. Well, Dr. Hiles is telling this from the Highland Park pulpit. I'm sitting back in the group. He said, I was here a few years ago, and I wanted to see Dr. Weigel. And I asked Brother Robertson, and he said he's sickly. He was 92, I think, at that time. And said he's sickly, and he wasn't able to come tonight. He said, I'd like to see him. He said, okay, go. And he told him how after service, and Dr. Howells was telling us this from the pulpit. He said, I went, and I stood in the hall, and he was talking to somebody. He said, I stood there, I guess, for 10 minutes. I wanted to talk to him so bad. But I hated to interrupt him and his, and his company. And he said, finally, I just knocked on the door and, and said, Dr. Weigel. Bob, I heard him preach one time in person and heard him sing that song in person too. But going back to this story, he said, Dr. Weigel, come. Well, hello there, Brother House, come in. And Brother House told us that I said, well, I don't want to interrupt you and your company. He said, I don't have any company. Come on in. And he said, Brother Weigel, I've been standing out here for 10 minutes, and you've been talking to somebody. He said he kind of dropped his head. He said, well, well I'm just talking to Jesus. Amen. He said, see, won't be long. I'm going up there to live with him. And we're just talking over some things. Oh, God, help us to get to that place. If I had time, I could tell you about two old grandmothers. One of them lived to be 95. Boy, the times they had alone with God. But now, wait a minute. Let me finish this. Brother Howell said, said he didn't have no shoes on. He's just standing there in his socks. And he said, well, where's your shoes? And he said, Brother Howell, don't think I'm crazy. But it got so rich. I've been up on the bed, jumping up and down, having a time. <laughs> Let me tell you, folks. I'd rather have the presence of Jesus Christ than anything in the world. And you had too. And I've got to stay in contact with him. That's the way to have a good marriage. Well, Dr. Lakin used to preach for us about 12 revivals. And he'd call his wife every day. And Lakin said, some of them said, isn't that kind of expensive? He said, not like alimony. <laughs> but you know, a lot of our marriage is getting a mess because there's no communication. And I'm going to tell you, I mean, you can get under the juniper tree and, and you start thinking, well, the church, oh, that fellow had been with me for 40 years and he left me and went down the road to the praise and worship and hop, 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 the crowd down there and left me. And, and the devil can say, well, they're all going to leave. And first thing you know, we're digging a hole. We need to stop and realize that's Satan. And then keep in contact. And then let me say this, I'll quit. We need to look for him every day. Every one of them is a sermon itself. But look for him every day. You know so many verses in the Bible. I put down Matthew 24, 42. Watch therefore, for you know not the hour your Lord comes. He's coming. Yeah, he's coming. I don't know when, but he's coming. Boy, I thought, 
uh, yesterday on that plane. Bless God, if he'd come now, I'd, I'd get a start on y'all. I'd, yeah. I go over to the grave of my mother and daddy. My daddy's been in heaven 66 years. My daddy's old-fashioned Baptist preacher. Worked five and a half days a week and pastored two churches, run over 200 in Sunday school. Preached on Sunday and dropped dead at 39. And he had a bad heart all his life and, and dropped dead on Monday at work. I hadn't seen him in a long time. I got his pictures there. I can remember him. I was 12 when he died. And I'm my sweet mother. I was her pastor 33 years, and she's been in heaven for about 20 And I was over there at the old cemetery. They're buried in an old Methodist church cemetery. And a while back, got some, took some flowers, and I got blessed. I stood there, just the Lord and I, beside of the grave, and I got to quote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I said, Lord, if you just come on out up there and give the shout, Mom and Dad had come forth in glorified bodies, and it says we'll be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. Isn't that going to be a glorious day? Keep looking for him, my friend. And I'll tell you, if we're looking for him, it'll help us to keep our house spiritually in order. You know, if you're looking for company, you're going to try to clean up things. And let's face it, let's look for Jesus. About 15 years ago, I was visiting one of our, we got members in 18 rest homes now. And I like to visit them when I can. Uh, we have a group that visits and so on and so forth. But anyway, I was in the rest home there about five miles from the church. And I was going up a hall one day. And, and you know, there's a lot of sad people. And this wasn't one of my members. But I went by this door. I was going to visit some of my members. And I went by this door. And, and I said, uh, I thought to myself, I ought to go and speak to that lady. And she was back in the back. There's two beds in there. And she was back being rocking in a little rocking chair upside the bed. And I said, didn't tell her I was a preacher or whatever. In fact, I was going to witness to her, but I didn't after this. And I said, how are you doing today, ma'am? She never stopped rocking. This is exactly what she said. Mister, I don't feel good, but I'm sitting here waiting on Jesus. He's coming, and he ain't never lied yet. <laughs> just kept rocking. I said, boy. <laughs> I went out up the hall just having me a hallelujah time. And then I closed with this thought. Win everybody you can to Jesus along the way. Amen. Pass the gospel track. Amen. I was thinking about a fellow named Bill Smith. About three or four months ago, one of our ladies lives in a little town called Walnut Coast, 14 miles from, from uh, our church. This lady lived there, and she gave one of her gospel tracts to a man. And this old fellow got to coming in the back, and he'd raise his hand, but he wouldn't move. About two months ago, I said, you're going to put him off too long, too long. And he didn't move. he just come on Sunday night. And, uh, he, and I was talking after service, and here he stood. I'd never been close to the fella. Just old country, I mean just old, I mean country fella, brother. And he, 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 uh, <laughs> he said, am I too late? Am I too late? Am I too late? See, and I was talking about putting and I said, you too. You sit back there and wait too late. I'm too late. I said, oh, no, I recognize you. And I led him to Christ. And he said, oh, I know I ain't too late because I feel it. I feel it. I ain't too late. <laughs> but that fellow is so happy. And he sums and slips in. He's so backward. And last Sunday, he brought a young lady that been on drugs and all that. And she got saved this past Sunday. And he come up to me and he said, he, he don't very seldom. I can't get up to him. He's so backward. He said, man, I'm liking this stuff. 
He's this is great. But he said, I never, now 14 miles from our church, said, I never heard this place, but I had such an emptiness in my heart. And there's a, a woman walked up and said, I'd like to give you something good to read. And I know who the woman was now. Folks, let's win everybody we can to Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.